What's up, everyone? Scott Brandt, one half of the host of the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. My co-host is Marion Wilson. We want to thank you guys for joining us, listening to the episode, listening to the podcast. If you are a recurring listener, a recurring family member, thank you for your support. If you're new and this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for coming and checking out the podcast. We ask that if you find value in this, share it with other people. Uh, We're looking to create a space for you as an individual, a tribe for you as an individual, and show that you're not by yourself. We share our stories. We share what we've gone through. We share the tools and the strategies that we've utilized to get to where we're at now. We have other individuals that will come on the show, share their story, and we just get into some different conversations. Uh, Sometimes being in this journey, it's not the easiest because you feel like you're by yourself and you feel like there's nobody they can talk to. So we've created this podcast to create that space for you, create that family feel for you as an individual and know that you're not by yourself. We want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Tabal Mexican Cuisine. If you're in the Colorado Springs area, come check them out. They're a local food truck. If you come and visit the Colorado Springs area, come and find them. We'll have their information in the show notes where you can go to their Facebook page, reach out to them, um, and go experience what they're bringing in the food environments, the food truck environment. We also ask if you find value in this uh, this podcast, we ask that you share with somebody else that could benefit from having that family feel, the tribe, the community, the safe space to show that they're not by themselves. The way that the podcast grows is by word of mouth. So we do ask that you share it, especially if you find value in what we're sharing and you know somebody that can benefit from this. So again, thank you guys for your time. Thank you for joining with us again. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your journey. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Oh, did you not bring that? No, I don't have the decks with me. So we are uh, live now. So this is... What is up, everyone? Scott Brandt. We got Miriam Wilson this week. Last week, she was MIA doing some other stuff. We've already talked about this. I wasn't missing an action. You knew where I was. I was just not next to you. <laughs> you were doing whatever you wanted to do. So very, uh, very funny. So we had a good time last week. Um, but this week, back on the show. So excited to have you back on. Yay! So I don't know how it's been since we last recorded. So I know you've had some different things come up. Yes. Wait, in what aspect? Well, I don't know. See? Like, See? There's so much that I don't know what part you're asking about. Whatever pertains to this journey. <laughs> Still having to change my schedule because my ex changed his. That's my new, de- new dealings. <laughs> but at least he is willing to work with me. So I'll give him that. But still, kind of frustrating. It's always <laughs> a positive, though, having that um, aspect where you guys can work together. I know sometimes that can be a struggle point. For some, for some people, yeah. I've, I've had a couple friends of mine who are they're still dealing with it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an ongoing battle until the kids are 18 or... I don't know, one of them ends up on the first 48. I don't know. Hmm. You know? So how do you think that really was a revelation for you from the last time we uh, recorded or anything that kind of hit you in the face? Anything that woke up and you're like, hmm, maybe that's something that I have to work on? 
I've been having these really weird dreams. Not necessarily just about my ex, but just some bizarre dreams. I was an MMA fighter one night. <laughs> like, y'all don't even know. Like, What's up, Jordan? Hi! Um, but the other night, and I don't remember everything, but there's been a couple dreams where my ex is there. And there's something that happens. I wish I could remember. But there's something that happens, and I wake up sad. Hmm. So I don't know why. Because, again... I try and fall back asleep when I wake up at 2.30 from a dream. <laughs> so uh, by the time I wake up again, I forget. But I just I know that he was there and there was something that happened in the dream. So there's something that's going on still that I need to get through, talk about, whatever. I don't know. I, I finally have another therapy appointment that hopefully will actually take place okay. on the 16th on my lunch break. So what are you most fun. what are you looking forward to most with having that accomplished or being able to go through that session? Because I think that I still push things down so much. It'll force me to like, think about it all. And sometimes just like when I've been, <clears throat> I haven't been able to you know write in my book, but when something comes up, I've been recording myself and I didn't realize that something still made me tear up until I'm sitting there talking about it. I'm like, Oh shit. That's still, mm. that's still something that bothers me. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot more things that are going to pop up that I haven't even thought about or didn't think was an issue. I mean, I could be wrong, yeah. but I think that's going to be really good for me to be able to talk about that. Granted, unfortunately, it's only half hour. So I just got to talk really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's one thing that you kind of have to find what's the biggest pressing issue for you that you want to work on um, or in the coaching realm, it's more of what's the smallest thing that you can do as you like try to scratch off your I have the mange or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> well, I can and that's a dog thing. Though. Well, here you go. Right. That way it doesn't spread. <laughs> it's not contagious. It's not contagious. I don't, you don't know that. So, um, okay. But it's, it's just the same thing with the coaching realm. It's when you're talking to somebody, you're Okay, you're the expert in your life. What's the one smallest thing that you can do that can start that transitional period to moving forward to reach in what you envision for your future and whatnot? And the funny thing is a lot of people have to understand that they're the expert of their own life. And so they have the answers. They know what to do. But sometimes it's very overwhelming. And if you've got too much going on, you just it's hard to get that down to something that really fits you. So it's more of just kind of figuring out when you look at everything, is this figuring out what is going to be the most advantageous route for you to move forward? Um, but that's where it's, you've got to do the deep work and whatnot too. Um, I don't know if we all, if we have our own answers because then therapy wouldn't be in place, but that's just me. Um, just so the, the interest, uh, there's an interesting thing, and I may shoot you over the video. It just depends. And I'll put the, the link for the uh, video that I'm talking about. This was from a uh, Dr. Shafili. She was speaking at Mind Valley, um, which uh, Vashin Lakiani, who wrote The Boot and the Badass, that's his company that he runs. Um, so it's a lot of experts. <laughs> and uh, what's up, man? We got Cooper out here looking at the light. So, uh, but. It was very interesting because 
She was uh, talking about the fact that a lot of people could potentially save themselves a lot of therapy sessions if they would realize that they're... Ben likes to hear himself talk. It's all good. But it's, uh, she was talking about a lot of people could potentially save themselves a lot of sessions and a lot of heartache if they look and realize that they're the center of a lot of problems sometimes. Um, because Patrick's talked about this, that we have to look at it with everything that goes on. Uh, we're the integral part with everything. And so that can be kind of a, a tough situation to look at and say, I was the reason for X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And so that's one thing that for me, I think that really helped out was taking responsibility for my actions in the relationship and understanding that I was responsible for for things that took place, even if I was only 5% or 2% responsible for it. Um, Cause my ex was not one that was very happy. And so trying like as a whole or just towards the end of your marriage or? as a whole, just as a whole. So as <laughs> Cooper slides into that's a good uh, sound effect. Maybe I'll have to pull that out. <laughs> oh my God, that was amazing. That's why I said sliding into this <laughs> But I think it's one of those things though, that a lot of people, it's hard for them to look at a situation and say, I had my doings in it. Um, because a lot of people want to play the victim role instead of the victor role. And that's the tough thing is going in there and looking and say, yeah, I was, I was the reason for shit happening. Um, even if I was only 2% responsible, I was still responsible for whatever took place. But that's the tough thing though, is accepting responsibility. And see, and that's not the part that I have an issue with. I know the things that I did wrong, but it's the getting through um, other issues, like abandonment issues. I don't think I can get through that by myself. Maybe I could, hmm. but I think it's going to behoove me to get therapy for certain aspects as far as that is concerned. Um, but that's what I mean is, you know, there's more deeper issues, and yeah, I can't accept responsibility for the shit that happened in our marriage, but there's still other issues that I have because of things that yeah. he did. Now, again, we're, we're high to blame for some of the situations. There were times I lost my temper yeah. because I was tired of just trying to communicate with myself because it felt like I was just trying to communicate with the wall. And I'm like, I can't get you. You're going to, no. It's like, don't, don't back talk me. <laughs> You're trying to do acrobats tonight? You got it? No, he's going to jump into your arms. Yep. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That's what I do now. <laughs> Hi, baby. Real life here. We got we got Cooper running around, so it's all real life. Uh, it's part of what we do and whatnot. But uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, but I think that can be a tough thing is having those childhood traumas that you may have faced or dealt with, and um, going back in time and looking at it and going through a lot of shit that's been built upon that trauma. And having to scoop through all that to get to like the 
actual point. Well, I'm not going that far back. I'm going to divorce. I'm not going to childhood. But I got talked, therapy for yeah. that before. But you you talked about a little bit of the abandonment aspect, um, and so from him, I don't have any abandonment issues in my childhood though. And so it's uh, it's one of those things. But I think uh, an interesting topic was uh, I was thinking about trust, um, and so. There was a uh, Simon Sinek uh, quote that I was looking up, and um, he speaks on it a lot, but it's an unknown individual. And so he was talking that love is giving, uh, giving the ability to somebody to destroy you and trusting them not to do it. And I was like, man, that's powerful because we get into a lot of situations where it's tough to trust um, because we've been burnt before. Um, but I think a lot of that kind of comes into play too, where if you're looking at the no. the aspect of um, completing yourself, There, the screen just went blank, and people were like, "What's going on here?" Like, no. Um, but I think when you look at it, I think if you don't do the work and you don't work on yourself, then that's something that you may get into another relationship and just constantly be on that revolving hamster wheel, the vicious hamster wheel. That if you haven't done the work, then it's not going to be fun and easy going into another relationship. So you always say you don't do the work. So what did you do work-wise on yourself to get past your divorce? So what did you do? So the first step for me was really being able to forgive myself and to forgive what took place, forgive that. But how did you do that? You just like said one day, I'm like, no, I'm just going to forgive myself. How did you get there? It was slowly through the individuals that I surrounded myself with and also getting into personal development and working on my mindset and working on the story that I was telling myself. Um, and that's not an easy thing because our mind is like a muscle. And so you've got to continue to work on your mind and get that strong. So regardless, if you end up getting your mind to a certain level, then you have to continue to work. So enough. Enough. Uh-uh. Nope. I tell you. It's a, it's a muscle. That's the thing. Your mind is a muscle. Um, and so you've got to continue to work on that because you're at a certain level and you have these tendencies to speak to yourself in a certain way. And so it's like going to the gym. Over time, you start strengthening that muscle. You start getting the positive benefits of going to the gym. So it's the same thing for me. We're working on my mindset, changing how I saw myself, changing the story that I told myself. Um, and it was just one of those things as I was working, all of a sudden it just kind of clicked. I don't know what really forced Like, it. Did you put sticky notes? Did you give like affirmations? Did you record yourself and like listen to it at night? Like how did you? I honestly, it was the, um, just getting involved with, uh, one of the businesses that I'm in, but also the, the friends and the individuals that I oh. uh, built relationships with. So I think it's really was the, the tribe that I started building and the aspect of uh, individuals being very positive and um, just being there for 
for each other um, because that's the toughest thing is finding people that really truly see the potential in you and are there for you. Right. And so uh, that was the biggest thing was the forgiveness piece. But it's not the easiest because you're looking and you're like, why do I have to forgive myself? I didn't do anything. But you hear a lot of people. Oh, I wasn't like, a box of puppies. I mean, but you'll <laughs> hear a lot of tango. yeah. You'll hear a lot of people that discuss the fact that forgiveness is for you and only you. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes, Cooper. Thank you. <laughs> as, I'm sorry. As he's talking ah! to talking to the uh, light. Um, but that's it's uh, it's one of those things. It's a work in progress. But forgiveness truly is for yourself. Um, and when you get to that level two, then you kind of have to forgive yourself and let go of the situation and forgive the other person. You may not tell them I forgive you, but in your mind, it's going through that work and forgiving yourself for everything um, because that really lessens the burden and it opens up the doors where you can start doing the deeper work. Um, but I think ultimately for me, the forgiveness part was the key that unlocked everything and opened up a lot of doors. And um, the aspect though too is uh, trust myself. Smart. He's very smart. Very, very smart because he it's a microphone and whatnot. So Yeah, but I've never shown him a microphone. Right. Well, he understands. So we're, we're sitting here talking to him, so something's going on. Um, but I think it's also the trust piece, though, too, um, because you've got to trust yourself and trust that the situations that have taken place really are there for your benefit and whatnot. Um, but when you're going through the shit, it's not the easiest because you're like, why would this be the benefit for me? <laughs> what, what's, what's in it for me to learn and whatnot? Um, and so it's, it's a tough thing, but if you don't trust yourself, then it's going to be hard to continue to build other relationships because you're going to question yourself. Um, and so I think ultimately trust yourself in what way though? What do you mean? That, trust yourself making, in... that the decisions that I'm making are going to work out. Because the divorce was not a fun situation. Oh, no. And so I trusted that I loved this person and gave my whole effort, even though I look back and I, I wasn't there all the time. Um, military doesn't help out with that, but it was an excuse. So, But also being young. I was very, very young when we got married. I was 19. Um, she was 18. So didn't really know who we were. Um, I didn't know myself. And so the power of everything that I've gone through really has opened up the doors now to know who I am. Um, because we've talked about it. I'm at the point now where you either love me or hate me. Um, there's no in between really for me. So if you're, if I'm not your cup of tea, that's cool. I don't fit everybody. Um, because I'm not going to try to have my fake self come out, <laughs> come out. Um, I'm going to be my solid self mm -hmm. and be true to who I am. Don't be your liquid self. Yeah, so because that would be good. We all, um, but I think it's it's one of those things though that a lot of people don't truly know themselves, um, or they're they're putting up a, a mask because society has judged us so hard, um, and so we're scared to show our true self and uh, show the vulnerability and the transparency with individuals because maybe you've dealt with judging before, and so you're scared of what people are gonna think. Um, so that's been really 
the biggest key for me is just the the forgiveness part. Um, but it's not the easiest for individuals. <laughs> I need some keys. I gotta go drive. So why don't you drive that way? Gotta love Cooper. He, he wants to go. He wants I know, to but he, he's keeping me from concentrating here. It's all good. <laughs> but I I think that's the, the biggest thing, though. The keys are that way. Go get the keys. Go take them into mommy's room. Okay. Go to mommy's room. Go watch your show. Go watch TV. So when you hear that, what come what what's kind of going through your mind in regards to kind of what I've gone through and knowing who I am as long as we've known each other. Like what's going through your mind when you hear what I've done or the work that I've had to do? I think part of it is still like, yeah, you can surround yourself with good people, but just not understanding the steps per se. Like, I understand you've got to do the work mm -hmm. and blah, 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 and you surround yourself with good people, but that doesn't get you from A to B. It's going to be dependent upon the person because everybody's different. So when it comes to the healing process, you're going to heal differently than somebody else. Um, and that's where you can't compare yourself. <laughs> And that's where we really talk about it too and tell people is we're not the end all be all. We don't know everything. We just share what we've gone through, the, the tools that we're utilizing to potentially give another strategy or another thought to somebody else to think about that they may have not thought about. Um, but what I've done may not be what somebody else needs. And so you've got to look at yourself and kind of see what needs to go on. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Go watch TV, please. That's that's too noisy. <laughs> he's good. He's good. It's stuff that we can always get more of later. So, um, but yeah, I think ultimately you got you got to decide. You're you know yourself best. You know your body, um, and you know your emotions. But I think it's trusting yourself to allow you to go through that and experience all the emotions um, because sometimes emotions suck. And I we, hate them. Yeah. I wish I only had just one. <laughs> Hungry. But that's that's part of the, the journey though. That's part of the healing process. And you can't compare yourself to somebody else. Well, and that's one of the things that I kind of thought about it. Remember when we talked about you need such and such time frame before you start another relationship? says all these psychiatrists and doctors and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. I'm like, okay. But I don't know if that's going to fit the mold for everyone. Um, Cause I've talked to people and it was, they both ag agreed like, Hey, we need a divorce. Like, Oh good. I was thinking the same thing. And they were fine. Mm. Um, and they were able to get into another relationship right off the bat pretty much. Yeah. And they're still together like 20 years down the road. So I don't think, like you said, everything that, you read is going to fit every person because yeah. everyone's different. Everyone's experience is different. Everyone's divorce is different. Everyone's family style is different. Yep. Um, so it's like you said, it's just figuring out you mm -hmm. and what's best for you and what works for you. <laughs> and that's where we have to understand that everybody's got opinions. And so we each have our own opinions. And, and you will hear them. And so that's the tough thing because you've got to look and say, okay, that's their opinion. They are looking at life through their lens. And so you 
got to take a step and look, but their lens that they're looking through life may not fit you because you're looking through your own set of lenses, but they could be bringing something up that maybe you're missing. And it could be that one gold nugget. It could be that one key that, that you whole need. light bulb, like, ooh. Yep. And so that's where it's tough, but you have to, you have to have an open mind because you may have somebody that's talked to you in regards to a situation and you're like, I've already heard this three times, but that person could be bringing it from a different light and they could say something that you really need. But if you're not having an open mind, you're going to miss it. And so that's a tough thing too, because a lot of people are like, I've already heard this five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 times. And so they go in there and then they shut themselves off and then they miss out on a potential great opportunity to really find something that's going to open up the next door or unlock the next chapter or the next part of their life or the pivot that they need to make. So what's one thing that you think you missed out on because you were not at that moment? In regards to... When you were first going through your divorce. I, I allowed the emotions to really, really control me. Um, I didn't let the emotions run their course like they should have. I tried to bottle them up um, because there was times that I would get emotional and start crying, but I wouldn't let it finish. Um, I would try to find ways to kind of keep me preoccupied and distract myself. And um, it's part of just the circle that has to be completed. Um, and sometimes it's hard to face those emotions because we've been so prone not to allow them to show up fully. And so I think that was the biggest thing was just how in my feelings I was and allowing that to really control everything. Because at one point I, I was like, I hope she is never happy ever again. Um, she's not going to find anything better than me. And so it's just one of those very vindictive being in my feelings and um, just being so self-centered. And that's a tough thing though. And I think because the one thing that I really talk about, and that's part of that video that I was discussing uh, with Dr. Shafilia is the fact that we look to other things to complete us and we have to be the ones that complete ourselves and the other person is there to compliment us um, because I look at it and I brought this up and I'm like, if you really truly think about it, if they do drift away or it's an expired relationship, that heartache is going to be a lot less because they're not, you're not holding on to them and taking part of them to stuff a hole that you have in your, your hole or your spirit. And when they walk away, then they're that they're ripping that out of you. And so that's going to be very painful. But if you've completed yourself and that person is just somebody that's complimenting you and they walk away, that pain's going to be a lot less because they're not filling a hole in you. Um, and so that's kind of how I look at it. Some people be like, oh, you're crazy. And I was like, okay, well, that's through the work that I've done and everything that I've had to look at. That's really what has resonated with me. Um, and that's the thing that I truly look at it too, because I'm like, had I been able to be focused on myself, complete myself, build myself, my ex-spouse, she's got to do that herself. She's got to make herself happy. I'm just a compliment to that, but she's got to be the one that makes herself happy. Um, and so I was always in a conundrum of trying to make her happy, but she wasn't happy. So I was putting out unnecessary energy because trying to 
help her give her something that she wasn't even giving herself. Um, and that's the tough part. You, you get in a relationship that a lot of times we've grown up as kids and sometimes kids don't get the validation. They don't get heard. They don't get seen. And then you grow up to an adult and you have those traumas. And now you're looking to somebody else to say, hey, look at me, hear me. And then that person has also grown up that way. So you got two people that are not complete and they're looking at each other and say, hey, fill me up. I know I suck at this and I don't want to give it to myself, but you fill me up. And then that person's like, no, you fill me up. And so it's one of those crosswired aspects that it's not going to work out well because you're searching for something from somebody else that you're not willing to give yourself. Um, and so... I was like, man, <laughs> uh, it's just a surprise factor and whatnot. Another one that really um, stuck out, and it kind of goes with this aspect that I talked about, trying to make my ex-wife happy when she wasn't happy. Uh, Jay Shetty actually said that you break your own heart by making somebody more important to you than you are to them. Don't play yourself like that. And I was like, man. Think about it. Like if you're trying to make yourself more important to somebody else and you're not taking care of yourself and they don't resonate and look at you the same way, you're you're breaking your heart because you're going out there and trying to find validation through somebody else, trying to have somebody validate you instead of validating yourself. And it goes back to the whole fact that that person's just there as a complimentary piece, which is very weird when you think about it. You're like, other people are a complimentary piece, and some people may take offense to that. And I'm like, well, you got to look. Why are you taking offense to that? <laughs> I think it's hard because I was doing the same thing with my ex, but it was more he loved things. He was very materialist, materialistic. <clears throat> so it was he wanted a SUV before he got out here. So he, he got an SUV. <laughs> Um, he wanted a motorcycle, so I got him a motorcycle. He wanted, like, it was always this X, Y, Z. He wanted to go on weekend trips all the time. Like, well, we still need to figure out how to pay for these things. Mm -hmm. So I was always giving in to him and giving in to what he wants. And he feels, because I did, I wanted to make my spouse happy. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't happy giving in to the things that made him happy. Yeah. But, again, you're already married, so you're like, shit, what do I do? Well, like he said, I don't want to just listen to him pout when he doesn't get his way. Yeah. And I, it goes back to the whole fact that you have adults that are in relationships that are still very immature growth-wise of hear me out, see me, and give, 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 instead of me giving to the other person. Um, and so that's one of those paradigms that have been stuck in our head is I've got to make the other person happy. Uh, we're married, so <laughs> it's my job. Well, to... I mean, you would, I hope you would want to make the other yeah. person happy. It, it comes down to the fact, though, are, are they making themselves happy? And so if they're not doing that for themselves, it's not going to work out because they're searching outside of them instead of being the one to give themselves happiness. Um, but it comes down to the fact that they may be trying to fill a hole through buying material things. Because I don't know the person, I don't, you can't really know what the person's thinking and whatnot, but that, that's just my outlook. And honestly, I think there's a lot of things that I bring up and I'm like, I might be on my own island, which is okay. That's where it comes out of the fact you either love me or you hate me. There's no in between. So, um, 
I'll stand on the island that I am, and if I find individuals that resonate that way, then cool. They'll be on the island with me. We'll we'll build our own community and tribe out on this little island for this aspect and whatnot. But so you run out of fish and coconut. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's uh it's just one of those things. But I think a lot of times we get into the journey after the divorce has taken place. And we haven't trusted ourselves because something has taken place. We've put our worth in something else um, because a lot of times people will lose who they are in the relationship. Um, and then when something happens, that identity is stripped away from them. And then they're like, who am I? Do I really trust myself to know who I am? Do I trust myself to be fully present in the next relationship? Do I trust myself that I'm going to make the right decision? Mm -hmm. Do I trust myself that I'm not going to fuck up and end up getting back into the same situation? But I think it, it goes hand in hand with a lot of stuff that we've talked about too, is the, the uh, non-negotiables, um, finding those things. And I think it's also the fact too is, for me, I know my foundational values. I know what drives me. And so it's finding those people that are on the same frequency when it comes to that, um, because having some things that are out of whack with values can be very tough too. True. So like for myself, uh, the four foundational values that, and this is interesting because of how I went about to find them through exercises. Mine is for growth, love, and love is a lot of self-love. And so that's through the divorce. Um, I didn't truly love myself connections and relationships are my four big driving factors. Um, and so getting into a relationship, having that connection piece, having the proper relationship is going to be highly functioning. But that's also if somebody is looking and saying, no, you complete me, you make me happy. It's like the whole saying, happy wife, happy life. Um, some people have gone to the whole aspect of happy spouse, happy house, which puts the onus on both parties because their spouse. Well, so, I haven't heard that. I've heard it a couple of times. Really? Yeah, I've so, only uh, heard the, the happy wife, which yep. was in my case. But, you know. Yeah. And I, I look at it because if we're talking about a happy spouse, happy house, to be a happy spouse, you've got to be happy with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's doing that work and understanding that holding space for the other person allowing the person to be heard, be understood, and just being there for them and accepting the person for who they are. I think a lot of times uh, you'll get into a situation that people want to change the other person for whatever reason. Um, because one thing that I really had troubles with was my hair was thin, so I ended up shaving it. And that's all I've done now since 2012 is shaving my head, uh, easy maintenance and whatnot. But my ex is like, hey, I'm going to save money. It just went to your, your mouth. Yeah, a little bit. So, <laughs> so when I grow everything and whatnot, it's all here. But it's interesting because my ex is like, hey, I'll save money. We'll get you hair plugs. And I was like, you don't. So it's one of those tough things of, hey, I want to try to change you and whatnot instead of accepting the person for who they are. Um, but I think that's the other thing that a lot of people will be driven on the, the physical appearance of somebody, but you got to understand you get older, that physical appearance is going to change. Unless it's something that is detrimental to their health. 
In regards to like what? I don't know if I want to put this on the podcast. Never mind. Go forth. Go forward. You can say hypothetically. Hypothetically. Okay. You had a spouse that didn't quite take care of their teeth. Hmm. So teeth were rotting. So yeah, that is a detriment to their health. Hmm. So yes, it makes them look bad. And yeah, there might be that hypothetical person who was in a way embarrassed by it. But another aspect of it is that's unhealthy. Hmm. That can be, uh, yeah. you know, so a risk factor yeah, there. There's certain things. <laughs> Um, but the fact that it's just like people are so like get somebody may be very beautiful and that's all they see, but they don't see the true person. They don't see the heart of the person. Um, because honestly, the heart of the person is really going to be that person in and out day in and day out. Um, so I think that's the aspect of really finding and knowing who that person is. But if you come across and you're having this person that's constantly attached and you make me happy and you're like, okay, that may be a little extreme. Um, because if it's like, oh, you make me super happy and I'm not happy unless I'm around you, you're like, okay, hold on here. Like, you got to make yourself happy. Oh, you got to have your own life, boo boo. So it's, it's one of those very unique things, but it's just one of the facts that just like the trust idea really has been coming up a little bit. Um, and that's why for you, well, no, just from conversations, hearing different things and whatnot, talking to different individuals, because the one very unique thing, it was last week I was, uh, out and about and I just ended up having like, felt like a physical wall, but it was invisible. And I started thinking about the divorce and, uh, finances have gotten screwy a little bit we know with divorce it's not fun when it comes financially and whatnot we already know that but it's like when the divorce happened like things kind of flipped on me and so it was going from having two people to now relying on myself um and so it's just one of those things that i'm like whoo um but looking at it um it's just as i'm going through the work and doing different things things will start popping up even though it's been two years since the divorce finalized, but it's just being aware and whatnot. But it was so weird just how it felt like a physical wall that I could look at the wall and see it, but I could feel it, but I didn't see it because it was invisible and whatnot, but just very, very strange. Um, but I think it's the fact too, that there's times that sometimes you'll be doing stuff and you're like, do I truly trust myself because situations have happened in the past? And so for for myself, it's just looking at it, learning, growing, seeing what lessons came out of it, and then what do I need to be bring forward going forward and whatnot. Um, but I think things are always going to happen or come up, even if, like you said, two years, three years, four years, ten years, because you don't get through everything all at once. Mm. Your brain would be on overload. That's why you take one thing at a time. That's why when you're going through the grieving process, you have one thing that you're going through yeah. and then you go on to the next and then to the next and then to the next until you get to that whole acceptance. <clears throat> Cause I had, and it's something unrelated to divorce. Um, but I went to the doctors and of course they're going through your whole medical history and they brought up two pregnancies, one live birth. I'm like, God, I'm going to have to answer that question for the rest of my life. And it's always going to pop up and be there. And then, of course, it's in my head, like, 
well, shit, now I got to think about it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it's a unique thing in regard because you've talked about that. I don't know if you've talked about it on the show. Maybe you have very quickly. Um, no, you have talked about it. But I think it's from an outside perspective and hearing just kind of like you would bring up the situation. And that's the thing, too, is people have to understand a way to get through, help speed up the process is talking. Talking mm -hmm. is very powerful because it actually helps release, I think it releases serotonin when you talk. Um, but you had talked in regards to that you had the miscarriage and um, your ex was like, hey, it freaks people out. Don't talk about it. No, he said, when you talk about it, it makes people feel uncomfortable. Like, but it's not about them. It's mm -hmm. about me. It didn't happen to them. Yeah. So, I mean, they can walk away when I start talking about it. I don't give a crap. But, yeah. And when you look at that, when you start thinking in regards now where you're at, and you look at that situation, what did that do to you as an individual? It made me shut down and not talk about it, which is not good. Yeah. Um, and it made me feel just pretty much what I'm going through didn't matter to him. Um, because to me, we went through it together mm. and I did do the whole female thing. Like it didn't happen to you. It happened to me. Um, because he like once after it happened, he was just, he was good. He was over mm. it. I'm like, but I'm not. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're over it, but I'm not. So I should be okay to talk about things. Yeah. And it, it wasn't that way. So I had to bottle it all up. And of course, poor decisions were made as far as um, wanted to drink away the pain mm. instead of being able to talk about the pain. Yeah. So. And I think coming from the, the male side, because me and my ex did experience a miscarriage too. And um, that was one of the things that she brought up. She felt like I wasn't there for. Um, and when I look back on the situation, I I don't even think I, I allowed the emotions to run their course. Honestly, I don't think I did. Um, I think I pushed them down and didn't experience the emotion of losing a child, even though I wasn't the one carrying the child, but still part of that process of with the conception of the, the child. And so it's one of those things that I look at and I didn't handle it properly. Um, and at that time, let's see, that was because Lily now is six. So seven. So it was about seven years ago. So at that point I was 26, still very immature emotionally and whatnot. Um, and being in the military doesn't help out with the emotions sometimes. Um, but yeah, I look at it for myself. It was just one of those things that I didn't handle, handle the emotions properly. I didn't know. Um, and so there's times that I'll see a post that comes up about an angel baby or a rainbow baby and it, it will pop up. Um, so the emotions are there. Um, but it's, I think it's, better than what it was when I, when we first went through it. Um, and so I think that's one of the, the tough things when I look at that is I didn't know how to hold space for people. I didn't know how to hold space for myself. 
Um, and that's a tough thing for people is holding space for themselves, giving themselves grace. And like you talk a lot on that one. Um, but I'm like, man, if I would have known what I know now, it would have been a little bit different, mm-hmm. but it's all part of the journey. It's part of the growth experience. It's part of being a human is having those experiences that suck, but being able to go back and look and say, okay, I'm at a point now that I can go back into the mess and see what did I miss out? What do I need to learn from, grow from, and bring forward to be at a better spot than what I was then? So, uh, yeah, I was not one, and that was something that my ex had brought up, the fact that she felt like I didn't support her. Um, She felt like she didn't have support. And um, I I never told her, hey, don't talk about it, but... we really didn't talk about it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Max was very much one of those, like once it's done and over with, there's no talking about it mm-hmm. anymore. Like what's the point in talking about it? And that's again, one of those things that I marked down in my little non-negotiable thing. Like, no, if I want to talk about something, I'm going to talk about something. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, the minute that someone says anything different by Felicia, like, no, because I don't want to feel like I did then yeah. where <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. I'm okay. I just kind of like, you know, knocking shit over. <laughs> right. You know, as a football player, it's kind of like shoulder check him. Is that a thing? Uh, hockey. Oh shit. All right. One of those sports. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, it, it was just one of those things during it. I don't know. I was so frustrated. And I think that's what prolonged um, some of our issues. Um, And it probably was, it wasn't the start because I don't believe that we were good for each other from the beginning. Um, But I, again, decided to look past some of the, Mm -hmm. to me were non-negotiables, but non-negotiables that I didn't put my foot down on. Yeah. Now they are. Because they were from the beginning, I just swayed. Um, instead of going, no, I, I don't want that in my life, move on. Um, so I stuck with that person when I shouldn't have. Um, and I think it's it's funny. When I talk to a lot of my different friends that have gone through a divorce, they say the exact same thing. Like, yeah, we just weren't right for each other, but I looked past some things. Yeah. Instead of going, ooh, that's not going to, that I can't do that in my life. Well, I think it, it comes <laughs> to the, the concepts and the idea of love. Like, we have this very distorted vision of love. Um, and you can't help the fact that it's what society's showing, what the movies are showing, as Miriam is almost falling off the couch here. Um, but it, it's... <sighs> I'm okay. Think about how we are shown and told what love is. Um, And so it also doesn't help out, too, that you have a lot of societal aspects that uh, talks about, let me fix this person. Let me be a fixer instead of focus on myself, work on myself. And that person has their own journey that they have to go on that they have to work on. But it's coming together as two individuals towards a common goal but also understanding that sometimes you're going to split apart and you're going to be growing as individual selves and whatnot. Um, but that's one of those things that it's just 
what we've been told with love is uh, love's there. So overlook these things um, and you can fix them later. It's like, <laughs> no, um, you've got to understand that if that's a flaw that you really don't like, don't try to love it and say, oh, I love this. It's so cute. And then you get married. You're like, I really hate this. Like, I, I want to murder yeah. them. Yeah, it's like, I will cut you because this really pisses me off. It makes no sense, but it's that whole paradigm and what society tells us of uh, love and whatnot. And so that's a unique thing in regards to that. <laughs> As Mary's phone's powering up here and whatnot. They're, all the noises are coming from this hey, side. It's all good. Hey, you're making up since uh, you weren't here last week, so. <laughs> right, I bet it was awful quiet being next to Garrett. We had a great conversation, so it was a good time going that. But yeah, um, it's just one of those unique things that sometimes you'll be going through, and something will rise up, hit up, and you'll be like, "Okay, now what's what's going on? What do I need to be aware of?" What do you mean, rise up? Like rise up from like a feeling, something like trust in yourself. <laughs> nice of you to join us. Hello. Don't talk back to me. What'd you say about my mama? <laughs> That's your grandmother, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I'm weird. Hi, baby. So let me go ahead. I'll pull up uh, the great pod decks. I'm waiting for that because actually one of the uh, decks on the app actually has like 450 questions. So it's going to be great times and whatnot. So, anything that stuck out to you from, from this episode? Anything that we talked about that stuck out? Not. <laughs> Just plugged my phone in. Not really. Get that out of here. Right? Because he's starting your phone. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what Miriam's doing, so. I'm getting my son a drink. You didn't see our sign language? He asked for more. I said more of what? And he said drink. <laughs> Yeah, so it's one of those. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. If you had kids, uh, they talk about sign language being very powerful with uh, communication. Come here, especially for uh, younger kids. Water. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. So back in business. And like I always talk about, if you guys are interested or if you're doing live streams and uh, you're looking to increase your engagement, these are simple tools that you can have in the palm of your hand that can help you out with ideas for episodes, increasing engagement. Uh, just very unique because I laugh because when Garrett will run through the pod decks with uh, guests that he has on his different lives. Mm -hmm. I truly enjoy watching the end part because I know that's when he does the questions, but seeing the reactions of the guests, they're like, I've never been asked that before. And then they're like, hmm. And it's just interesting to watch the reactions because it's questions that normally aren't asked. Right. So that's funny. So the first one here is this. So they have a superhero deck in the app. So once that comes up. So he said, um, if you were a superhero, what signal would be shined in the sky? A bear. Oh, fair. Okay, I can. I know why because you've talked about that a little bit in regards with uh, being the mother bear and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I don't care if you're older than me, younger than me. If someone's in trouble, the mama bear will come out. All right, all right. Rip your shreds. Like, what's that <laughs> movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? 
I know which one you're talking about, but uh, I don't know the name. Crap! <laughs> it sounds like I'm yelling, but I'm just talking in my normal oh, voice. Oh, no, that was a little extra loud. Nope, that's my normal voice. No. <laughs> Especially when I'm excited. <laughs> Shit, what is the name of that? Guy? I don't know. You brought it up the movie. I know, but he threw my phone somewhere, uh, well, so. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, for me, we already know what it is. It would be Let's Go. That'd be the one that shines across the sky. We already know. Here we go. So jump on and we're going. <laughs> so uh, this one we did on the Dreamer Cypher. This was past Wednesday and whatnot. So would you rather have James Earl Jones or Arnold Schwarzenegger as the voice of your GPS mapping system? Arnold. Hands down. <laughs> Arnold. And we, we had uh, some individuals on there that were talking. They're like, if I had uh, James Earl Jones that was in his Vader personality. Then yes. Then yes. Right. So, um, but I actually said, based on it, I would end up having Arnold, uh, the governor, as uh, the right. voice. So, um, you want a pepperoni pizza? <laughs> I told you left. Get down. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was another one, and I'm like, my right, goodness. You want to leave. Okay. Would you rather never wear shoes or underwear? Shoes. I have to say, I would go with never wearing underwear because shoes protect my feet. And if you step on something and you don't have protection for your feet, it's game over. So I would go with not underwear. I'd have to have my shoes. But if you think about it, the longer you stay without shoes and you're walking and everything, then you start getting tough feet. So then no matter what you step on, but I walk around barefoot just even taking my trash out. Yeah, but... If you've heard of third world, steel, though, I know, so. but when you've heard of third world countries and kids are dying because bacteria and all that's going up their feet because they don't have shoes, I would much rather just be underwearless. We'll we'll be free balling all the time. Uh, no, I can't do that. You gotta have the shoes. So no. I can deal without shoes. That's the first thing that comes off. Yeah, that's funny. When I step inside. Back. Who's not wearing shoes right now? So this is so this is funny. This kind of goes along with kind of what we've talked about a little bit. Which makes you fall in love with someone more? Physical attraction or a non-physical connection? Can I have both? No. Can I get Jason Momoa's body, but with like um oh. nope. <laughs> Why? What's her face got Jason Momoa? Hey. Neither or. It doesn't say and or. It says or. I know, but the thing is, like, if there's this person that's greasy-haired and pimply and just not my body type but has a great personality, I'm not going to love him either. Because you still, to me, have to have that physical attraction. So I'm going to go... D, none of the above. Well, that's not a choice here. It's or. 
I just said D. That nope, means I'm going to be celibate for the rest no. of my life. That was my answer. We already know. For me, it's more because I've already <laughs> talked about it. It's that physical appearance can change over time. So I would much rather have that non-physical connection because the heart piece, having that heart piece, that's usually who the person is for day in, day out. So we already know where I'm at because I already talked about it on the episode. So I, I laughed at that was the one that was on there. <laughs> It just went backwards down the side. If aliens attack, what will we do? <laughs> Probably, like, be, sorry. Okay, let me see. All right. No, I'm not. Um, well, humans are fucking stupid, so they'll probably kill each other. We got it. We all bump heads as we get up. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> yeah, but he busts my freaking lip. Yeah! They, uh, Cooper and Miriam decided mm-hmm. to headbutt each other. As I almost had butt Miriam when she was getting up. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Never with my front teeth. You you bite half your lip off? Mm. What's Cooper, up? Cooper's got a hard head. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, if uh, aliens attack, uh, I think we're not surviving. We're not surviving. But then somebody brought up the fact they're like, maybe this brings everybody together because we're like, we ain't letting somebody outside of the outside of the world come in here and take over. <laughs> I I really want to believe that. However, with all the writers that want to burn buildings in their own damn neighborhood i don't feel like it will bring us together i feel like humans are stupid sometimes and they'll just kill each other so the aliens are just gonna sit back with the pop gun and go she doesn't even have to do nothing <laughs> so last one here um and it's very very interesting with this one why do we strive for perfection if it is not obtainable don't ask a perfectionist that <laughs> That's why you chose that, isn't it? No, it's part of the. Is my lip huge as hell, or am I bleeding? No, you're not. Bleeding. Let me see your forehead, babe. Cooper, I think I see where I my teeth hit it. No, your lip looks normal. I can size. feel it like pulsating. Well, yeah, because you just bit your lip off. You just headbutted it. <laughs> hey, let me see your forehead. Yeah, I see it. It's right above his eyebrow. See the red spot? Yep. So going back to this question. Um, well, sorry, well, how did you word it? Why do we strive for perfection if it is not obtainable? Because it's a mental issue. I can see that. I don't know where the perfectionist side of me came from. I don't know if it's something that is a part of your personality from the beginning or if it's something that you grow into or develop over time dealing with certain things. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, it's not attainable, but as a perfectionist, that's what we want. And it's really difficult to go, oh, I'm going to start this, but I'm not going to be perfect. We can't wrap our minds around it. (laughs) Please, son. (laughs) Wait. I, I honestly, I think it just comes down to the fact that you have some people that they're trying to get validation from everybody. 
And so one way to do that is trying to be uh, be perfect and whatnot, but you can't do that because you have individuals that it's just not possible. Um, I think ultimately the it's taking imperfect action and whatnot. So not being perfect, but it's imperfect, and you just go and run, do what you need to. What else you got? That's it. Oh, that was it? Oh, okay. That's I thought you said there was a superhero, or was the signal <laughs> thing the superhero? Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, no, I think great conversation. Hopefully individuals that are listening to this find something that they can take away, um, or maybe look at something differently in a different perspective. But like I said, we're not the end all be all. We don't know everything. Um, it's just what we've gone through and different tools and different things that have brought us to where we're at to be at a, a better position than what was taken before. So anything else for you? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. It's been a long weekend. So, but thank you guys for your time. Um, we greatly enjoy having you come along, be part of the journey with us, allowing us to be part of your journey to help create a space for you, allow you to know that you're not by yourself. You're not on your own island. People have gone through this before, and we're just helping to create a tribe to help people get through it and have that safe space. So if you guys are looking for something, um, that way with the tribe, we do have the Facebook group, which is, uh, after divorce, laughter, grace or grace, laughter lessons, uh, find that join with us. I know we had a individual that's from the UK that joined, mm -hmm. um, we've had listeners in the UK. So shout out to everybody that's listened to this outside Thank the U S um, we had somebody from Sweden recently take a listen. So, Hey, um, I think it's just the power because it could be somebody that just needs that space, needs people to be around. Um, so highly suggest come, come join us in the group, uh, create some action in there. No, there's no judgment, no fear. It's there for you as an individual to create that tribe for yourself and whatnot. Um, but we will be back next week and, uh, we look forward to just sharing more information and being there for you guys. Bye. Well, you didn't. You didn't say bye. You said this is Scott Brand. You do this whole little thing, and then I go bye. Uh, we will catch you guys later. <laughs> bye. Uh, that's funny. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh, this is gonna be fun. What's wrong? It's still going live right now. So how do you make it not live? I've got a. This is uh, technology. So anybody that's watching this right now. I can't let me do this. Maybe. I was thinking. Here we go. <laughs> Gotta love it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. My front lip is gonna be with uh with the door. <laughs> That's funny. How the fuck is a door going to fight back, though? So what you're saying is I ran into a door? <laughs>